So I'm looking right now at the price of an Uber from here in the office to where I live in West Hollywood. And it's about double what it would ordinarily cost on a normal day. Is that because a lot of the drivers are out protesting right now? Now I'm making maybe 15 an hour, the minimum wage. Hard to tell. It's February 14th. This is the L.A. Local, sponsored by the L.A. Car Guy family of dealerships. I'm Alex Silverman. Coming up, we take a step back on a story we've been covering for a few days, the downtown graffiti towers. How do we get here? We talked to one of L.A.'s biggest developers about it. A few years ago, it was presented to me to buy. And the simple math of it is it would cost more to finish the project than what the project would be worth when you're done completing it. Yeah, well, here Rick Caruso's take, which actually got really interesting. But first, a loud protest, rideshare drivers trying to get the attention of Uber and Lyft and DoorDash and all of their customers. They've walked off the job in dozens of cities across the country, including L.A. Pete Demetrio was out there talking to some of them. Judy is one of those Uber and Lyft drivers. You don't drive as much anymore. Why? Because the pay is just really bad and it's hard to keep up the maintenance on the car when I'm not making enough. So I had to get another job. When you used to drive full time, how much were you making per hour? I was making between 30 to 50 an hour. Now? Now I'm making maybe 15 an hour, the minimum wage. Do the customers understand what it is and how you're impacted by what the corporations are doing? Some of them do, and some of them will have us stop a ride and pay us cash. They're they're going around the algorithm. Yes, they are. <laughs> That's one of the drivers here who's having a, a taking part in the protest. About 85 to 100 of them. Streets are not blocked, but definitely a lot of sympathetic drivers honking their horns in support of this protest. And they're calling not just for fair structures that benefit them, but restroom facilities for drivers, prayer areas for Muslim drivers at some airports. Uber has said it doesn't think the strike will have much impact, and they maintain that drivers make something like 30 bucks an hour regularly. We've been covering the saga of the graffiti towers downtown, which have gotten pretty much worldwide attention for what some people call art. Others call a black eye on our city. People have been parachuting off of them now. We wanted to know, how could this happen? How could a developer pour a billion dollars into a project like this and just walk away and nobody does anything for five years? Rick Caruso is one of L.A.'s most successful developers, one of its most outspoken, too. And it's no surprise he feels this way. It's a terrible visual sign for the city of Los Angeles. What are we announcing as visitors are coming into the city and driving into our downtown? What are we announcing with people walking out of a Lakers game? Yeah, we expected that from Rick, but we really wanted to get his take from the standpoint of a billionaire developer. What happened here? And what is it going to take to get this actually turned into something good for the city? When you have so much investment coming in from one country, particularly China, that has a history of cutting off funding, leaving China, there's a high risk that these kind of things uh, are going to happen. And in this case, Evergreen, you know, has now filed bankruptcy. I think it's the largest bankruptcy in the history of the world. Um, But it's been an ongoing problem for over five years now. And the city should have been much more proactive earlier on to avoid something like this happening with the graffiti. 
what would be involved in other developers coming in and and buying this property up? Because it seems to me, if somebody could sink some money into this, they could get a lot of money back eventually with the housing market, especially the building market in that area is right now. Well, here's where I think the problem is. And listen, it you know, development is a complicated business, and it's easy to spend a lot of money and not have it pan out or work financially. But you have to be obviously smart about what you're building. One of the problems here was they were building a project that really did not even meet the market. They were building units that were very large in size and weren't right for the market. And they just didn't do their homework. But let's take where we are today. The project um, a few years ago was presented to me to buy. And the simple math of it is it would cost more to finish the project than what the project would be worth when you're done completing it. So there was no sort of path to be profitable to get a return on your investment here. Now, maybe uh, things have changed. I haven't looked at the numbers lately, but that was at the time where even if you took the project for free, the other problem you have with this project, it's been sitting out there in the elements for years. And I don't know the condition of the steel or the piping or the structural. It's very, very complicated. It may be something, quite frankly, that the city, the state, the federal government should take a look at buying it at some highly discounted number and finishing the project for workforce housing. And I think workforce housing is very important in this city to have police firefighters, teachers, you know, working within the city of L.A. and close to their jobs. Interesting development there. A little bit of news. Rick Caruso saying the graffiti towers were offered to him to buy a couple years back. And he decided it just wouldn't be a good investment. Tuesday night was our KNX News Town Hall. Streaming wars, the end of content's golden age about the future of Hollywood. You can hear the whole thing. It was really fascinating. An hour-long discussion, uninterrupted. KNXnews.com slash townhall. It's all there. But here's an interesting bit from it. Uh, Ron Perlman, actor, you might know him from Hellboy, Sons of Anarchy. He's in the new uh, Mr. and Mrs. Smith reboot. Genius is constant. There are still Stevie Wonders and Bob Dylans being born every day. The only thing that changes is how they make their way into the public eye. And that is controlled by interests that have devolved. He talked about what he learned during the strike. Was epiphany-like for me. Was, you know, after years and years and years of, of being an artist on the other side of the bargaining table from people who, you know, I had to come to terms with. And always feeling like there's something a little off here. The strike brought out in vast relief how in order for the, the, the captains of industry, the robber barons of our day, in, in order for them to control us, they have to diminish us, they have to devalue us, and, and, and what is behind that? What, what, the only th- and, and this is the thing that I was finally hearing every time I made a, 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 onto one of the picket lines and listening to all the speeches, everybody was talking about runaway greed. And greed and culture are just not bedfellows. They're not only bad bedfellows, they're not bedfellows at all. So yeah, uh, there's a lot of uh, activity being, being made, but now they call it content rather than, you know, s- some sort of a, an ability to make a classic, like a Gone with the Wind. 
Mm. You know. Uh, by the way, we should uh, mention, in case you're wondering, we, we did ask uh, a number of studio executives to take part in this discussion, but uh, all declined. <laughs> no well, one here seems surprised by that. Yes. I'm so grateful. They're I so guess. busy. They're so busy audience. catching up on all the content. That's right. Yeah. I want to pick up though on something that Duncan said because I think it's instructive. As I was saying before, that the nature of the way television in particular is produced has changed so much. And one thing that happened in a world of 600 shows, the idea of it used to be in television, the goal was to have something, the goal was law and order, something that would go 20 years, ER, 15 years, Grey's Anatomy, 20 and counting. And that really changed in the era of streaming because streamers had different, have different calculations. A show, a show just has a shorter shelf life in streaming. And that has been one of the big things. Not only do shows have shorter season you know shorter number of seasons but they produce fewer episodes if you think of you know law and order er they did 22 episodes a year now it's more like eight or ten mm. episodes and for actors and writers that's eight or ten paychecks versus 22 paychecks that's not hard math to do that's one of, that's just one of a hundred things that we could sit and talk about in terms of the way things have changed that last voice you heard was variety editor-in-chief cynthia littleton again Full Town Hall, knxnews.com slash town hall. Really, really interesting listen. And that's the LA Local for this February 14th, Valentine's Day. If you're going out this evening, good luck getting an Uber. Maybe it'll make you think about getting a new car. Uh, If so, we're sponsored by the LA Car Guy family of dealerships. Search their inventory, all 14 dealerships, at lacarguy.com. And always follow the LA Local on Apple Podcasts, and uh, you'll get the show sent to your phone every afternoon. We're back with another one tomorrow. I'm Alex Silverman. See ya.